I suppose we all, Irish people, all people, like to have a little flutter, uh, whether it's on the Grand National or on the Greyhounds or the Lotto or whatever, scratch cards, and there's no harm in it. But for some people, it becomes a habit, and for other people, it becomes a serious addiction. So some of the statistics around gambling are a little bit scary. Irish gamblers lost about $1.36 billion last year, Average about €300 Euro for every adult, making the Irish the fourth biggest gamblers in the European Union, according to industry figures. Also, um, globally, Ireland ranks 14th for average highest losses on gambling, just ahead of the UK and behind Finland, Malta and Sweden. And these are according to industry analysis, H2 Gambling Capital. But we're very lucky to have on the phone today, Jerry Murphy. And Jerry is the gambling addiction counsellor in Bushy Park uh, Addiction Treatment Centre run by Clare Care in Ennis. Thank you for joining us, Jerry, and you're very welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Jerry, explain a little bit about gambling. Gambling, addictive gambling, and whatever, there's several types of gambling. There are. <clears throat> um, but I, I suppose what we deal with here, in, you know, in the treatment centre, is always, you know, what, what's called compulsive gambling or addictive gambling. But there is such a thing as problem gambling as well. And I suppose, you know, um, there's, there's some definitions that might be worth, well, well worth looking at. Um, and, and I suppose, first of all, it's worth looking at what gambling actually is. <clears throat> so gambling would, would be very easily described as the process of, of placing something of value, usually money, at risk in the hope of gaining something greater of value in return. So... Um, and this happens in various different formats or contexts. So gambling um, can be from the very basic, um, you know, buying of a scratch card in your local shop, to buying a lottery ticket, to um, maybe going to bingo, um, and a lot of this. A lot of these are pretty harmless and and fun as well. Yeah, and give people a little people. bit of an outlet, yeah. Yeah, that's what you do, yeah. Um, and from time to time, you know, when, when there's um, inter-county hurling and stuff going on, sometimes people will have a bet, you know, with a, with a friend or a colleague, but they'll wage, you know, 10 euros maybe on Clare to beat Limerick or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and there's those, that, those type of bets. I suppose the one, the one that... that um, the organised betting companies really that um, uh, that have brought the process to a di- to a different level, and you know there are um, bookies, there are twelve or fourteen bookies that are available, you know, online in Ireland, yeah. and um, there's quite a lot of um, people that would have accounts with them. Yes, there's, there's a new trend that we're looking at. Yeah. And, uh, Last night, Jerry. Sorry for interrupting mm-hmm. you. I counted five yeah. ads from different gambling um, groups on television on a Sunday night. Five different big ads. You know. Yes. They seem to be getting more, um, more persistent and more, you know, more common. I think, unless I'm imagining it. 
Well, they are, and I said, like for the, the biggest increase in gambling over the last four or five years has occurred around sports gambling. Yeah. And that's gambling, gambling on, on sports events like soccer matches, rugby matches, <coughs> excuse me, um, and, and, and a variety of other sports as well. Yeah. And you can see there's quite a lot of advertising on the television. There's no watershed at the moment for it. Um, and, and, and it's it's very, really, you know, I, I suppose invasive. It's all the time there on the television, mm-hmm. even when you're, you know, watching soccer matches, it's constantly flashing along the hoarding at the side of the pitch. And, yes. um, you know, um, it's on players' jerseys. I think that that has changed a little bit somewhat over the last couple of years with the top league in, in the UK. Yeah. There was one time when I think 11 of the 22 clubs were sponsored by a betting company. So yeah. it's big business. Big business, and, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's very very big business, and they're very um, and they advertise quite a lot. So you know, this has just been flashed as us all the time. I think on television and and in, in other media, um, <clears throat> and this is where there's, there's more uptake on it than by younger people, and that that that's, that's causes the problems. Yeah. So you know, you you said at the beginning there, you know, as, as a race to Irish people, we do like a flutter, and we do. And, you know, I can remember well, you know, I was talking to somebody this morning about this, about sticking the pin in the paper when the Grand National was yeah, coming on. Yeah, we all did that. It's part, of, it's part of a family thing once a year, you know. Yes, yeah. Um, but it's gone to a very different level now where, um, you know, there's betting available 24-7 because of, the you know, the, um, the availability, I suppose, uh, you know, and the technology, um, you know, and with smartphones and, and laptops and whatever people can be gambling around the clock. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's, there's races on, and, you know, yeah. every, Jerry, everywhere from Dubai to Canada yeah. to you name it. When does innocent, enjoyable gambling become a problem or an addiction or whatever uh, label you put on it? Okay. Well, first of all, let's look at the, the labels because Labeling can be a problem um, for for a lot of people. So, so the term problem gambling, I think, or gambling problems, are used by by many service providers in Ireland to avoid the stigma, I suppose, for their clients. Right. And and some in some clinical settings, uh, the the term gambling addiction would be used, and that's how we would see it as well. So okay. The American. The American Psychiatric Association in, in the United States have um, a reclassification of gambling, of a gambling problem, and they call it a gambling disorder, according to the DS5, which is a, which is their statistical manual, really, for um, psychiatric disorders. Okay. So that's back in 2013, and they share many features, I suppose, of, of substance addiction. Yeah. So an addiction then, you know, is, I, I think you could call it um, any repeated behavior that's substance-related or not, in which, in which a person feels compelled to persist, regardless of its negative impact on his or her life and the lives of others. And that's the big thing, Jerry, isn't it? Mm. People, yes. like, it goes out of control and they cannot 
they cannot stop uh, the behaviour, which is when it becomes a really big problem. Yes, and, and they chase their losses and yes. spend more and more money trying to recoup, recoup their losses. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and it's kind of, so the chase begins to happen for them. And this is, a, this is one of one of the um, identifying factors of you know of, of problem gambling. Yeah. Whereas you know, whereas you or I may have a bet and you know. And lose lose a lot of money and say, "Oh, that's enough." And you know, it's like that impulse control little mind in the back of your head that says, "That's enough now." Um, that's, that's kind of switched off. Yeah, gamblers, I know, brains, if you like, and uh, they continue to keep chasing and chasing and chasing, and it's and always it was always a big win around the corner. So and put it and fix everything. Yeah, it also brings a lot of distress to the gambler themselves, doesn't it? I mean, very often well, they are quite distressed. Well, very, very much so. And, you know, and does it like does, does it does it, I suppose there's a compulsive engagement with the behaviour, you know, and, and the compulsion is quite strong. And, and the whole process of gambling, if you like, it becomes important to them. And even though it's not a substance addiction, it's has a lot of similarities. Yeah. There's impaired control, as I said, over the, over over the behaviour, and there's persistence, in, in despite the evidence of harm. And, and these are these are really. And then, but then, if they withdraw from it or try to stop, you know, they become irritable and dissatisfied and have, have intense cravings to go back in. Mm-hmm. Because and, there is a high, game, obviously, you know. with with gambling yeah. and winning. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But it's quite a buzz, if you like. Buzz. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. But, and, uh, and and these are all aspects of addiction, if you like, or, or problem gambling. Yeah. And, um, and it brings it, a lot of problems. Uh, I mean, uh, the expense, number one, the financial losses, and and but there's a high suicide rate among gamblers. I think. Yes. Am I right? Yes, there are. You're, you're correct. They're probably you know three or four times more likely to have suicidal ideation. And then, um, then say non-gamblers, yeah, <laughs> and that, that would put them in a, in a higher category and a higher risk. And we'd always be cognizant of that when someone brings us up, you know, looking for help and support. Um, we'd always check check where they are, you know, with with that uh, with that ideation. Yes, yeah, and because um, uh, it's a very hidden. You see, I suppose the whole thing about gambling. If somebody has a you know an, an alcohol problem or, or or a drug problem, you can see it when they're intoxicated. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll see signs and symptoms, and you you know you'll eventually say, well, it, it, it's it's very clear or evident that there's a problem there. Yeah. But you can meet somebody on the street, you know, having come out of a bookie office or have been online in their own home or workplace, who's just you know flushed two thousand or four thousand euros, and you know. Um, and um, nobody knows. And you, 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 nobody's nobody any wiser. Knows. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's huge shame around it then. Yeah. Um, and secrecy. And I would say, like, when clients do come to us looking for support, they're usually in a very bad state. Yeah. And you know, they've been exposed, I suppose, in some way. Yeah. Or, or you know, their secret has come out. Come out but yeah. they have to go home and say, well, okay, well, the mortgage hasn't been paid, or. You know, yeah. it ends up that the ESP is switched off or something yeah, happens. Yeah, they're in a bad place anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's already gone, that, you know, that far. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, quite a lot of stress involved with it, um, quite a lot of um, 
uh, difficulties and a, a kind of an inability to deal with um, with those type of issues. Yeah, I suppose there's a lack lack of sense of reality about it too. You, you're living in a sort of a in a, a never never land, aren't you? I mean, I, yes. I'd imagine. I don't know, but that reality doesn't come into it really, or you don't want to face reality. Well, some <clears throat> gambling initially starts off as I, I suppose a, a strategic in a like um, that's what we call strategic gambling, where a person is kind of pitting their own, um, I suppose, intuition and ability to predict, you know, the outcome of yes, a match for yes. instance or a, for a race, mm-hmm. and there's a bit of prowess involved in this, and it's you know, it's almost like a skill. And even if you look at some of the the, ad, the advertisements on television, they kind of really tap into that, you know. Um, you know, you're in control and you decide when you can pull out. And yes, yeah. You're the one that can make the decision. Everyone does one ad there where you see a whole lot of people like you're inside somebody's brain, you know. Yeah. And it just says, leave it, leave it to me at the end. You see him yeah. swinging around. And it's very cleverly, you know, but this is what strategic gambling is about. But mm-hmm. the, 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 the strategy goes out of it very quickly, you know, when the losses pile up and, yeah. and, and then there's a, there's a huge need to, to recoup. Yeah. And, and to continue and to continue. And then what happens is they get lost into almost into like a trance-like state in, in that kind of um, behavior. Yeah. And, and, and there is, from, through that then, there's an escape from reality. Yeah. So they are, you know, it becomes the process then of gambling, like I said to you earlier on. Yeah. And that removes them from the reality or the, the disappointment of their lives. Yeah, of the, you know, of the harm that they're causing themselves and others. Yeah, Jerry, I'm reading your own statistics out to you now here, but the latest statistics from H2 show a major shift towards online gambling in Ireland. But I think that we might have been aware of that anyway through the pandemic. I mean, I think it escalated then, didn't it? Absolutely did, yes. And I think, from, you know, when a lot of people were working from home as well, it was yeah. much easier for them to kind of engage in that type of behaviour. A lot of people have been bored as well, yeah. students and um, got, got caught up in this as well. You know, because they were back, they were online, um, you know, for, for their courses and nothing. And does that mainly engaged. affect younger people, do you think? Well, the, I, I suppose the answer definitely does. I think I think the younger people start, you know, to get the problem really. Yeah. And, and a, lot, a lot of compulsive gamblers will tell you that they really start gambling as young as like 10, 11 and 12 years of age. That is frightening. I mean, what would a 10-year-old yeah, be doing yeah. gambling? But, what well, what, what would what they, they be gambling they, on? They, they, they could be gambling online. They could be going in and putting a bet on for a parent or a guardian. Right. You know? there's, there's lots of different ways. Like, there's very little, um, I suppose, um, or end up for control, if you like, or, or, or um, around the industry. No, they're not supposed to, you know, people under 18 are not supposed to gamble. But there's, you know, there's yeah. access to everything you want online and people, you know, some people set up accounts and... Yeah, but the age thing is very frightening, isn't it? Because, it, like, it, it, is, yeah. it becomes a, a habit first and then possibly or maybe an addiction... <laughs> Absolutely. Well, well, I would say for you know it, it may be it may be genetic or it may be in family as well. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I think and the uh, children who, who I see, see uh, you know their main caregivers gambling as well. 
Yeah, and that 44% of all online bets are made from a smartphone or a tablet rather than from a, a computer. Good Lord. Yes. Yeah. So it's all on the move as well, you know. So it's become very fluid. Really. Um, so uh, I can probably notice more than, more, more than half gambling is from smartphones and, and tablets, yeah. 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 It's all lot, very frightening, say, Jerry. And and it's true. It is. what can we do about it, or are we doing something about it? I know you're doing your part there, helping people in distress. But I yeah. mean, should something be done about it, like the banning of cigarettes advertising that happened some years ago? That helped. That helped, I think. Yes. Well, I would say. You know, the, the, there are some things happening in the background and, and, and quite prominent. A, there was an awareness, um, a gambling awareness trust set up yeah. uh, a few years back and they're responsible for a lot of the information that you gave at the opening of the program. There. Yes. Um, and, and, and they're, um, I suppose, they're looking, they're looking for proper control of, of the industry and you know, we're looking, look, they're looking to have an ombudsman, well, not an ombudsman, a gambling, yeah, gambling ombudsman yeah. um, appointed, and um, and to have, you know, certain restrictions, obviously, around advertising and the watershed and all of that. And uh, it's like everything else is about availability. Just after bringing in uh, new legislation around alcohol use, minimum yes. pricing, mm-hmm. to try and reduce the amount of, you know, alcohol per head of capita. And that's a very interesting, you know, intervention that they brought in, and that will reduce the amount of cheap, um, strong alcohol that's been sold yeah. uh, and consumed. Um, and similar measures are needed around gambling, yeah. and it needs to be treated really as a public health problem. It does. It's a huge problem, Jerry. I, I, yeah. I yeah. we could talk for hours about it. I'm quite sure, and I, I would be delighted to hear all your thoughts on it. But unfortunately, we have to leave it there. Thank you so much for coming on the show, and perhaps we'll come back to it again. Can I just say before we, before we go that there is help available? Yes, and, and there's always the thing to remember. And. Um, we're available here in Bushy Park if anybody wants to ring. Yes, and if you'd like to send, yeah, if you'd mm. like to um, give us your telephone number, we can put it up on our Facebook page or our info page. Okay, I will yeah. do that for you. Do you want me to call it out now? Yes, call or? it out, Jerry. Thanks. Yeah. Okay, so uh, so it's it's zero six five six eight four zero nine four four, and just to say, we have a, a website that, that you could go to. It's bushypark.ie. And on that, if you follow the gambling link, there's a 20-question, um, I suppose, link where people can go through and ask themselves a, a series of questions if they want to go that route. That, that, that sounds great. The website. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Jerry, and thank you for giving us your time. You're very welcome. Yeah. Thank you, Jerry. God bless. Bye-bye now. Okay, bye Bye-bye. now. Bye-bye.